I'm a big believer in play to win the game. Don't play not to lose the game. You are locked on Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked on Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every single day. One thing that I'm seeing, a narrative I'm seeing floating around a lot on Twitter in some different articles I've read is, and, and it's something that I agree with, but I have written here, there's two schools of thought. I think you can look at this two different ways. And I want this to be like we do a lot here on Locked on Aggies. I want this to be a discussion i'm gonna i'm gonna put my opinion on the matter out there and then i want y'all to tell me what you think in the in the youtube comments um i'm a believer in and this is it's a saying you know that we hear all the time you play to win the game you don't play not to lose the game i and i looked at this game and i just thought there were a whole bunch of different instances that coach fisher kind of took the conservative route to um, decision-making. I, I think that a lot of coaches, you know, when you play the Georgias and the Alabamas of the world, that, you know, you, you should kind of have this, we have nothing to lose, everything to gain mentality. And try to make – so my first example is there were four instances and uh, Saturday down South wrote about this and they wrote this up really well. Go check that out in there. Um, some of their takeaways, but one of the things that I, I that w- was going into halftime, the I'm a believer you're up a touchdown on Alabama at your place. The crowd's rocking, which once again, before we really get into this episode, shout out to the 12th man. The, the atmosphere at the game was incredible. Um, you, you, you know, y'all really had, had the Aggies in that ball game, all those false starts. It, it's all on, it's all on y'all that were there in the stands, uh, making it loud. So, so shout out to the fan base for that. Y'all really showed up and that was awesome to see, but, um, going into halftime you get the ball back, you know, a little under a minute, got the ball on your 23 yard line and we're going to take it in the half. You have a timeout. I just, I'm a believer in that instance there. I'm a believer in this. I don't think you should be taking timeouts at, you know, to halftime against Alabama. I think that I also think that, you know, try something. I'm not telling you to, to throw a 60 yard deep ball to Evan Stewart and, you know, maybe get it picked off because I know Alabama had timeouts too. I'm saying run something, run a bubble screen, run a, um, run, you know, run something. Instead of just saying, you know, hey, let's get out of here, run like run a play that could potentially break. Because well, think about it, you're on the 23. So if you get to the, you know, let's say you get to the 50, right? You get to the 50, then Hail Mary comes into play. Let's say you get to the 35, maybe even 36, 37, you'd be willing to attempt it. Then a, a Randy Bond field goal attempt comes into play. So I just I didn't like that decision, and I, I get it. I get it. I mean, like I, I fully I fully get it. Coaches like to, you know, we have the seven point lead. 
we want to take our seven. So this is what I'm saying. This is the tools, the two schools of thought side of things. So you let me know if you disagree, if you if you were, were happy with that, let me know in the comments. And because and, I understand that I get that this is a two sided thing here. But, you know, I, I just I looked at that decision and I just said, man, I, I think you could have you really could have gone after him here. You really could have tried to put three more points up on the board, maybe get a Hail Mary attempt. I mean, think if you go into the halftime up 10 or up 14, somehow I'm not saying that there was a high uh, likely chance that you put points up there. I'm just saying we'll never know because you didn't really try. I would love to have seen the Aggies attempt to put some points up on the board there. Then you've got a couple of fourth downs in plus territory where you punt the football away, you know, a couple of fourth and one you had. I just, you know, it, it, it could just, you know, it could just be me here, ladies and gentlemen, but I look at this and I just go, I don't know how you aren't willing to, to risk it against Alabama. This is a win. If you win this game, you are in, you could argue the driver's seat to win the SEC West. You have put yourself in position. Alabama sitting behind you. You got the head-to-head matchup over them. Ole Miss already has a loss up on the board. ILSU is vulnerable. Like this is what I'm saying. I think that I think that this I, I just if you win this football game. I just I feel like a lot's out the window now for this 2023 football season. A lot is out the window because of this loss. And I get it. It's Alabama. Uh, did I think the Aggies were going to win? I really did. I mean, I really thought Texas A&M was going to win this football game. And this one hurt. This one really hurt, y'all. This was not not a good feeling. A lot not didn't have a fun evening last night. I'm going to be brutally honest. I was not or Saturday night. Excuse me. I I, I that one hurt, but I just the Aggies were in that football game, and I think that they did a whole heck of a lot wrong, and we're still in that football game. So that's why it was a little frustrating that you know you you didn't make some of those plays, you didn't go for, and then you know the the fourth and five it was when you kick the field goal and have it blocked. Which, by the way, I I need to rewatch. I've seen a lot of people complaining about the on the Alabama side of things complaining uh which is you know she could be fair um but on the blind side block i only saw it one time on the you know when it when they replayed it live so i don't know was that a blind side block i don't i didn't i need to see it again but that's interesting you know because that that took a touchdown away from alabama if it was not the correct call by the officials but um I look at the I, I look at that at that field goal attempt and I say, you know, this is where the analytics, this is where we need to have Lane Kiffin on the show to have this analytics conversation with him. But this is the way I look at this. You know, not a ton of time left in the ball game when you, you know, I mean, there there was enough time. There was enough time that it, of course that field goal gets blocked, but there was enough time left in the game that if you make that field goal, if you do, if you split the uprights with that field goal. You know, you're of course down four points. You get the ball back, you score a touchdown, you you got the lead. But I look at it like this: you're in plus territory. Okay, you're in plus ter- you're in plus territory. It's fourth and five. You're driving the football, and you know you're driving the football. You take that that block field goal turns into um, a possession for Alabama, and, and I. And then, I mean, so the missed field goal, it, it just, I look at this, this is how I look at this. Let's, let's just play this a little bit better. I look at this and I say, you need the touchdown anyway. 
even if you make that field goal, you, you let's say that that field goal from Randy splits the uprights and it's a 2024 game. You're still you're getting late into the game. It's becoming the witching hour, as they say on the NFL Red Zone. Shout out to NFL Red Zone. I love you. Thank you for being the best invention of all time. But you still need the touchdown there. You still need the touchdown there, even if you make that field goal, which is why I lean toward fourth and five in plus territory, playing Alabama in your home field. Go for it. You know, go for it. If you don't get it, that Alabama doesn't have like any kind of amazing field position. I mean, it's fine. You know, it's obviously it's on, it's, it's in the Texan. It's on the Alabama side of the 50 and you can make a stop, get it back and have another drive to potentially score that touchdown tie the game. I just think that in that instance, the Aggies should have gone for it on fourth and five. Once again, that is just me. Let me know in the comments on all these different plays. Let me know in the comments what you all think Texas A&M should have done in those instances. I I just I think that's saying, you know, I've, I've said it, but that saying wraps up my opinion is you play to win the game, you don't play not to lose the game. And I think that Texas A&M played not to lose the game yesterday. You know, how can we not lose the game? That's what I saw yesterday, and that's not – I want my Aggies playing a football game. I want you, you know, putting everything, your heart and soul into this, which, that you know, the team fought. I'm not saying they didn't fight. I'm just saying I would have liked to have seen some of those decisions be a little different. And it's not – I'm not even saying that they're bad decisions on the part of Coach Fisher. They're not bad decisions. I think that the better term for them is, you know, they're they're just – yeah, they're safe decisions. They're, they're – they're, we want to, you know, keep this close in the fourth quarter and – and have a shot to win it late instead of we want to just go win this football game. You go put a field goal, you go put score a touchdown late um, as the first half expires. That's a different ball game. I know it, I, the way that you, you were playing on defense, I think with the front, the, the front seven was playing. I think if you had a two possession lead, if you get that field goal, if you get that second touchdown somehow, I'm not saying it was likely, but I'm saying I would have liked to have seen you give it a shot. I just feel like it's a different ball game. So, Two schools of thought on that. I thought the play calling was safe. I thought it was a little bit conservative. Let me know in the YouTube comments what y'all think on that. I was not the biggest fan. I've seen um, different opinions on it. So let me know in the comments what you thought um, on some of those decisions that you could argue could have gone either way. And maybe we should have leaned toward being more, uh, being more risky or being more conservative. Let me know in the comments what you think on that. Now we're going to talk a little bit about why I was happy with the way the Aggies executed the game plan. I think Alabama did what they needed to do to beat you. We'll discuss that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full flavor, and well-crafted just like a full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited-edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They sent me a six-pack, really good stuff. I highly recommend you go in to check out Athletic Brewing Company. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. 
First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. So, in terms of executing the game plan that we discussed here a ton on Locked on Aggies, I was happy with the with with what we saw. There was one play, um, and it was that first touchdown to Bond that uh, gave Alabama an early lead. It, the uh, you 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 only rushed three on that. Play. I wasn't the biggest fan of that play call, and the reason that frustrated me is because then you see, okay, we're going to get pressure. We continue, continue, continually get pressure, and while you were getting that pressure, Milrow wasn't doing much of anything with his arm. When he had a clean pocket, just like we saw with Tyler Van Dyke against Miami, he was pushing the football downfield. Now, I'll tell you this. After the Miami game, we talked about was this execution, was this coaching, uh, and I leaned a little bit a little bit more on the coaching side of things than I did execution. In this game, I was happy with Coach Durkin's play calling aside from arguably one play call. I don't think the secondary held their own well in this ball game. And, and it's funny because, I mean, you got to remember, there's there is talent all over Alabama's football roster. I mean, you know, we, we all know this. It just the same conversation we have about Texan, and there is a ton of talent on, on that Crimson Tide sideline. But, I mean, here's the deal. Burton and Bond are not Jalen Waddell and uh, Calvin – uh, Ridley and Amari Cooper, and you get what I'm saying. It's not these Alabama receivers. Now, maybe you could argue that that was Jermaine Burton's kind of "Hey, look, here I am" kind of game that's going to get him drafted at the next level. Now, you could, I'm, I mean, he's an Alabama receiver; he'll likely get drafted. But you, what I'm getting at is, it's it's a wide receiver room that isn't a genuine, a normal Alabama wide receiver room that we see, and I think that that's why them picking apart this secondary frustrated me a little bit. You know, the game plan was this. Keep Jalen Milrow in the pocket and force him to beat you with his arm. And, and, and it's funny. If you remember, what did I say? If he does it, if he does beat you with his arm, tip the cap. If he beats you with his arm, tip the cap. He deserved it. He played well. That's that's what happened in this ball game. I think I, I think the Aggies executed the game plan that I had, the game plan that the coaching staff had. I, I really do feel like they executed that plan, I, but I just feel like what had to happen to beat you happened, and that was Milrow having his you know break on the scene. I'm here, game. Look, I can throw the football, and that's what we saw from Jalen Milrow. Made a lot of good throws. Um, uh, you know, I was, uh, he was, of course, 21 for 33, 321 yards and uh, three touchdowns and an interception. That was, that to me was, I think, what really broke this thing wide open. And then Burton obviously has the game of his career, nine catches for almost 200 yards, 197 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and, and, you know, Josh DeBerry, uh, you, you don't want to pick on the young man, not his best game. He, you know, he, um, and he, he made a few good plays early and it was because, you know, obviously he got, he got burned early by, he got er, burned early by Burton, but then he comes back and makes a great play. And I'm like, and I was hoping that fire him up and say, listen, I'm here. And Burton got the best of him in this ball game. 
And of course, you know, the Aggies go on to drop the game. So, you know, you did what you were supposed to do. I think to a degree, the front seven got pressure all game long. I was incredibly impressed with, with the amount of pressure the Aggies had in this ball game, but it was still frustrating to see the fact that the secondary just got tore apart. That, that hurt a little bit just because I think if they were able to hold on just for an extra couple seconds, I think the pressure could have gotten there. So that stings a little bit because it just, this, this ball game, it does. And I know Alabama fans listening. Once again, I appreciate y'all stopping by, but um, it, this is a ball game that uh, there are some things that I wish we could have back. That Max Johnson interception, that one, there's going to be, I'll tell you this right here. And I'm not putting this on Max Johnson. I thought he did, uh, you know, 96% of what he needed to do for Texas to win this football game. I, I, you know, he, he managed, he did what he needed to do. But I feel like every season, there's a few plays that you're going to look back on and, and you're going to fall asleep and, and you're going to go to bed in, in March and you're going to cry yourself to sleep and you're going to go that Max Johnson interception against Alabama. That play really felt like it. And then you could argue the safety. It just it felt like at the time of the safety, you were already, your ship was already kind of sank. Some might disagree there, but it, to me, that interception is what is what did it. You know, you, you get this pick, you have the lead, and then you're looking, okay, let's go drive, let's go score, let's get a two-position lead, and then you throw an interception. That, um, that to me, really, really hurt the Aggies. I, I think that, um, you know, I mean, they, they go on, to, uh, Alabama goes on to score immediately after that to tie the ball game, and then, then it just felt like after that you were just kind of done. I, I you hate to say it like that, but I, I, I want I want that one back because it just wasn't the best decision for Max. It, it that one stings and it's going to sting for a while because I just it's, that felt like the turning point. Um, the offensive line was not great. The PFF grades were not great for the offensive line. Uh, the, yeah, the numbers weren't good for this offensive line. I thought that Max Johnson was under a lot of pressure. I thought more times than not, he held his own. He stood up in that pocket, did a good job, made some good throws, and took some big hits. So I, I was impressed with that. You know, he they, uh, he showed some guts, stood in and took some big big hits. But the offensive line, that was concerning. Uh, there were a lot of plays where Basantis got blown off the football. It was not the best game of his young career. I'm still excited to see what the future holds for, for the big tackle. But that was not – the best game of his career. That was not, not a great showing from him. Um, the, yeah. And the PFF grades for the offensive line were not, were not good by any, any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the running backs, I thought that, I thought that Alabama stopped the run well. And I thought that I don't think anybody ran the football well, though. I think that's something you could argue for both sides. I mean, look at this, obviously now with sacks being included to rushing yards, that's weird, but still, I mean, um, Alabama, 26 carries for 23 yards, 0.9 yards a carry. And then uh, Texas A&M, 35 carries for 67 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. Um, so neither team ran the football well. I had a weird feeling, and I, I don't think the Aggies should have ran the football well in this game. But, you know, I, I just had a feeling they were going to kind of have balance in this game. I, I, the, the attack was not 
balanced. You know, I don't think it was very balanced. You run the ball 35 times and 67 yards, you only throw it 25. And that's close to balance. But, um, and then, yeah, Josh DeBerry's coverage grade was a, on PFF was a 49.5. That is not good. And, and you look at a coverage grade, it's like sometimes you'll see a, a, a corner grade out well on PFF, and you're like, man, they had a bad tackle grade. But their overall grade for the game was a 79, and their coverage grade was an 84. Okay, and, and, and that's what you want to see is a good coverage grade. His coverage grade being a 49.5 is very concerning. It's a very concerning number because that is just not good. <laughs> that is just not a good number. Um, and then last thing, if you know, another positive takeaway is uh, Cooper and York over there at the linebacker once again graded out well on PFF. Um, I've still, I can still continue to be impressed with them. Uh, Cooper, I mean, he gets after the quarterback. I mean, he's got a shot to lead the SEC in sacks on this right. I mean, he's just playing good football right now, led the team in tackles. York had five tackles, had a couple sacks. The linebackers got a lot of pressure in this ball game. I was impressed with them, especially those two. But, um, yeah, I think the Aggies executed the game plan well. I think there were positives to take away. Alabama did what Alabama needed to do to beat you, and that was Jalen Milrow throw the football well. So that hurt. That was frustrating, but you know, got to move on. You got to, you got a short memory, close your eyes, forget it happened, move on next week. Cause the Yankees have a big game coming up this week. As it feels like you almost do every week playing in the sec. We're going to run through the numbers in this game. Talk about some stats. We will do that coming up right here. Unlocked on Aggies. First, I want to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and leveled up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. So run through some stats. This was not a great game PFF grade-wise for the Aggies. Uh, it was their worst game to date um, in overall team PFF grade. So running through stats, um, Anaya Smith, I wasn't a fan of that false start penalty, but four for 88, had a couple big punt returns that helped the Aggies. That's um, you know, that's a big time. That's a big time thing. His ability to return punts has helped this team and will continue to help this team. Um, Olivia Moss is the guy in the backfield. He, of course, had the touchdown on the ground. His yards per carry wasn't good in this game, 16 for 49, but he did have the touchdown in this game. Um, and I think another thing that's frustrating is you, you look at the long, the long rush of the day for the Aggies was nine yards, and that was Amari Daniels and Le'Veon Moss both had had a nine yard carry. I, I that I look at this and it just it frustrates me because you got to be able to have some explosive plays. You had them through the air. 
you had a, a 37-yard pass to Anaya Smith, a 31-yard pass to Moose, a 32-yard pass to, to Evan, a 22-yard pass to Jake Johnson. Um, but on the ground, you just aren't getting these 20, 30, 40-yard runs. I mean, we've had a couple throughout the year, but not at a high rate. And it seems like those are the plays that you need to beat a team like Alabama. You need them through the air and on the ground. And the Aggies just didn't get them on the ground. I think it's really easy to, especially with how talented Alabama is in the secondary. And I thought that matchup between Kool-Aid and Evan Stewart was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, those of you that like me that like to go back and watch a football game, uh, focus in on that. Focus in on those two kind of going at it in this game. It was really fun to watch because they just were going at each other back and forth. Uh, wide receiver corner matchup. It was interesting to see. But um, Max Johnson, we said a little bit, 14 for 25, 239, the touchdown, a QBR of 61.3. Um, on the defensive side, Cooper had 11 tackles, handful of sacks. Josh DeBerry, seven tackles, two tackles for loss. But once again, you know, Josh DeBerry did get burned at times. Damani Richardson had six tackles. Fadil Diggs had a couple sacks. I was impressed with Fadil Diggs. Um, and then, um, oh, and I don't know if I said that, if I said that York had a couple sacks, a couple sacks earlier, I read that wrong. It was Fidel Diggs that had sacks. Uh, York didn't have any sacks. He did have five tackles. I don't know if I said that or not, but if I did, I want to correct myself on that. Um, but I, I just think that, I think to, su to sum up this ball game, this one's going to sting. This one hurts. I thought the Aggies did what they needed to do to potentially win this football game, and it just didn't go your way. It hurts. That one, it's, it, it hurts this team. It hurts this coaching staff. It hurts us, the fan. But at the end of the day, you got to just move on. You got a big game coming up against Tennessee next week. It's going to be a lot of fun to break down that ball game. Um, so you got to move on. I still believe in this football team. I still believe that. You know, is a New Year's Six Bowl is up for grabs, um, but this game really hurts your chances of winning the West, and it just feels like it's going to be hard to come back from that with this, with still having to go to Ole Miss, to LSU, and to Tennessee. It felt like if you wanted to make a magical run, you had to win this football game, and you just came up short. It hurts, ladies and gentlemen. It does, but. The Aggies are going to be okay. I believe in this football team. I believe in this coaching staff. We've got to stay behind this team. That is the biggest key, folks. Stay behind this football team this week. Don't jump ship yet. we got to stay behind these young men. These teams are fighting for us on the field. we got to fight for them and have their back. Everybody, I hope you had a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hitting the subscribe button on YouTube helps a lot. I really appreciate everybody that tunes in every day. All you everydayers here at Locked on Aggies. Thanks so much for all you do for me. Hope you had a great weekend. Sorry it's Monday. I'm feeling it too. Have a great rest of your day today, and we will see you tomorrow.